You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, hey, sit up straight. We're talking about reading posture and positions. This is what we're talking about. Hey, you, sit up straight right now. <laughs> Are your feet on the flat on the floor? Are you? I'm like all hunched over right now. I mean, I'm like, ugh. So we're going to talk it's, about all that. It's going to be important because we stuff. just recorded that episode about being a book troll. That's true. That's true. Uh, but first, before we do that, what are you reading, Bria? I'm reading a book that I am loving so far. It is called The Cabinet by Kim Eun-soo, translated by Sean Lynn Halbert. It is such creative, interesting writing. It is about a guy who, he started working at this place that's kind of like just some sort of corporate place in, in Korea and is in South Korea. And he he didn't really have a job. He didn't do anything all day and he was bored. And so he started wandering around and he finds this cabinet and literally there's nothing for him to do at work. So it had a lock on it and he was like, okay, I'm just going to try all these. I'm going to try various combinations. And so he does. And it's just a filing cabinet and he he's able to open it. And um, at some point, and uh, because he has nothing to do, he basically tries you know, thousands of combinations. Um and um, it's filled with files on symptomers, is what they're called. And they are humans with strange abilities um, or weird experiences. And basically, from the beginning of the book, they tell you, like, human beings are going away. Human beings, no more human Woof. beings. Now it's time for, like, this new stage of human beings. So, for example, like, one of the first ones Hard you Hard to argue, though. Yeah. Hard to argue. <laughs> yeah. One of the first ones you learn about is a guy who's growing um, a tree out of his finger- uh, but then you also have people who are um, uh, who skip around in time. Um, you also have um, a w- girl who decides to replace her tongue with a lizard. Like it's just very weird sci-fi, fascinating writing, and it's sort of like he's going through these files and he becomes in charge of like talking to all these people through. Through, you kind of find out over the course of the book how that happened. I'm just loving it. It's so bizarre. It's so weird. It won a really big South Korean literary prize, and I'm just really enjoying it. What are you reading, Mallory? You love a weird translated book. I do. I truly do. I am reading a book that is a little different for me. I'm reading a picture book, mm. and by reading, I mean I'm, I already read it, and I'm reading sure. it again now sure. because it's so good. I'm obsessed with it. It is A Little Witch Hazel, um, written and illustrated by Phoebe Wall, and this book like blew my hair back it is (laughs) absolutely incredible it is a little picture book and it is four short stories about this little witch who lives in the forest and it's a story in spring a story in summer a story in autumn a story in winter and it is so wholesome and pure I know a few weeks ago we were talking about I was talking about some book that I said had Miyazaki energy Mm -hmm. this book absolutely has that if you just want to like look at a beautiful illustration of people picking fucking strawberries and shit like this book made me buy a pair of overalls I am not joking wow I literally read it the first time and I was like this is the greatest picture book I've ever read in my life I want to buy a pair of overalls so I can be like little witch hazel and like live under a mushroom and pick berries and stuff. It is so sweet and wholesome, and the art is absolutely incredible. It just like healed something in my soul. It would be I went I got it from the new amazing indie bookstore that's up here on the mountain, Speakeasy Books, and um, the owner told me she's like, ah, "This is my favorite baby shower book. This oh, is my cute. Uh, 
great book to buy for kids, great Christmas or birthday book to get for kids or people with babies. Um, I just, oh my God, I literally finished reading this book, bought a pair of overalls and then bought all the other picture books that this lady had written. I love it so much. I I don't read a lot of picture books and it was the first time I had this sort of like reaction from a picture book. I was just like, oh my God, like I want... Like, I wish I had a dad so someone could read this to me. Oh, that's very sweet. (laughs) I was like, Jeremy, can you please, like, read this to me before we go? (laughs) But put on these overalls first. Put on on these overalls. Wait, what do the overalls have to do with the book? Well, she's just, like, wearing these, like, cute little clothes as she's going through the woods and, like, doing Uh, all the little tasks. She's wearing overalls. Yes. One okay. of, in the summer story, she's in overalls and she has her basket full of books that she's trying to return to the the Moss Library. And I was like, this is what I want to be. This yeah. is what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. I need to buy some overalls and mm-hmm. go to the Moss Library. Folks, it is just, I can't even, I cannot exaggerate how fantastic it is. Uh, so that is Little Witch Hazel by Phoebe Wall. And mine is The Cabinet by Kim Eun-soo, translated by Sean Lynn Halbert. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Rhiannon wrote in with a reading quirk. It's Rhiannon, also a mod from the Facebook group. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. Our Facebook mods are just, God, sent down from the sky on a little beam of light. Thank you so much. Rhiannon says, I have a funny quirk that I would probably be embarrassed to be caught doing. So, of course, I'm going to tell you and Bria. In the audio (laughs) book, I'm listening. We're going to tell everyone else. Is that cool? We're we're going to tell literally everyone in the world. Okay. But this is really cute. It's not embarrassing. Um, Rhiannon says, when the audiobook I'm listening to describes emotions, gestures, and facial expressions, I 100% imitate them so long as it's safe to do so on my drive to work. It makes me feel like the character and puts me even more in the story. This is cute as hell. I think it's very cute. I don't think it's quirky. I think it's adorable. Very adorable. Well, it's it's quirky, but it's not like embarrassing. No, I think it's so cute. And I get it. So I cute. get it. I definitely get it. Ashley wrote in with another reading quirk. In late 2020, I was reading The Knitting in the City series by Penny Reed and was enjoying it so much that I decided to to try reading it while running on the treadmill. I was surprised I was able to do it as I'm not very coordinated, but it was a great way to continue reading the books while making my miles go by quickly. I also have a habit of talking out loud to my audiobooks. I'll be out running and will sometimes have full-on conversations with the book. Talking to yourself is a hazard of living by yourself with only your dogs for company. Uh, don't I know it? I often am talking to my dogs, but reading while say, running. Yeah, I don't live by myself, and I have full full on conversations with books and my cats. So. Yeah, but the reading don't on the worry, treadmill Ashley. is very very impressive. I'm I'm impressed. I feel like my eyes would like go up and down too much. I don't know. Um, uh, I also discovered a hot book tip. <laughs> Hot book tip. Hot book tip. For those who like to use a ruler while reading, apparently Kindle has a ruler feature. It's located with the font feature. Wow. I'm going to try this out, Mallory. So I looked this up, and so basically it puts a purple translucent line on the page that you can move. So if you're a person who likes a ruler or a bookmark to kind of like keep your place, you can do Ah. that. Um, Really, really cool. Just Google Kindle ruler feature. That's very cool. Very we'll have cool. to try that out for the show. That's very rad. And then Ellie wrote in with a wheelhouse that is friends to lovers, enemies to lovers. Ellie just wants <laughs> everyone to make out with each other. Are you friends? Are you enemies? I don't mm-hmm. care. I don't, I don't care what your relationship is with each other. Uh-huh. I want you to start smooching. Uh, sentient mm-hmm. houses and quirky magic. To lovers. Sentient houses <laughs> to lovers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Two houses that are sentient. And then, oh, my God. I think uh, it would be, uh, I read um, The House with Chicken Legs by Sophie. Anderson and 
those houses could be like sentient houses to lovers. To, to lovers. Oh my Great. God. Mm-hmm. Hysterical. Um, and finally, quirky magic. I especially love when dark magic is presented in a quirky way as if it were normal and not vaguely horrifying. Love it. <laughs> yeah. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. One more quick bookmark for me. If you are listening to this today, the day that this episode comes out, Thursday, July 28th, I am going to be in Oxford tonight. I am so excited. I am going to, before my event, I am going to go see some locations from the His Dark Materials books and cry, have a nice literary cry and then tonight i'm gonna be at blackwell 7 p.m i'm gonna do a girly drinks talk there's gonna be drinks served it's gonna be super fun i absolutely cannot wait if you are listening to this again today please and you live in oxford uh please come on down i would love to see some glassers before we talk about reading posture we're gonna take a quick break Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Magic Spoon. Magic Spoon, who have innovated and changed the cereal game by perfecting the crunchy texture and developing an astounding variety of flavors without all the carbs and sugar. Magic Spoon is truly magic. Bria, tell me all about it. Wow. We do love Magic Spoon over here. We do. I am obsessed with Magic Spoon. It has zero (laughs) grams of sugar, which is shocking because it tastes delicious. But it has 13 to 14 grams of protein and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs in each serving. If you're the kind of person who counts that kind of stuff, you know what that means. And it is good. (laughs) Yes, they are the cereal that tastes like the sugary breakfast cereal that you ate on Saturday mornings when you were a kid is somehow low-carb, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and only... 140 calories a serving. It is, like I said, truly magic. You can build your own box with a huge variety of appealing flavors. There's classic flavors like cocoa and frosted and peanut butter and fruity, fruity being my favorite. And then there's some cult faves. We've got blueberry muffin, maple waffle, honey nut. There's indulgent ones, the newer ones like cookies and cream and cinnamon roll. I love them all. Again, fruity is my favorite. It really tastes like those sugary, fruity cereals that you like to eat at midnight when no one's around and watching you in the kitchen. (laughs) Yeah, this will take you back. A Magic Spoon, they're they're amazing. Y'all have heard us talk about them. Mallory loves them. If you want to get your own Magic Spoon, you go to magicspoon.com slash glasses to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try the magic for yourself. Be sure to use that promo code GLASSES at checkout to save $5 off your order. And they're so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money, no questions asked. I am a power lifter, so I need a lot of protein. It's very difficult for me to get as much protein as I need in the meals that I eat in the day. And when I found out about Magic Spoon, I immediately got excited, and it really helps. I have my own subscription. I eat Magic Spoon every day because... When you eat a normal bowl of cereal, it does not have a lot of protein in it. This has 13 to 14 grams, which is fantastic. I it, I just think it's truly magic. Uh, so again, go to magicspoon.com slash glasses to get a custom bundle of cereal. Again, you can pick your flavors and you can try the magic for yourself. That's magicspoon.com slash glasses and use code glasses to save $5 off. Glasses. Glasses. Hi, my name is Graham Clark, and I'm one half of the podcast Stop Podcasting Yourself, a show that we've recorded for many, many years. And uh, at the moment, instead of being in person, we're recording remotely, and uh, you wouldn't even notice. You don't even notice the lag. 
That's right, Graham. And uh, the great thing about the, this. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. And, okay, go ahead. And you can listen to us uh, every week on MaximumFun.org. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Your podcasts. This week, we're talking about reading posture. What position do you read in? Do you have a signature reading move? We're going to confess our weird reading postures. Uh, so today's episode was inspired by Stevie, who wrote in to say, do you have a noticeable reading posture? My best reader friends, which, oh my God, what a phrase. My best reader friends and I often parallel read when we hang out together. And my nearsighted friend pointed out that we all have a different kind of reading posture. She categorized them as one. The bell, like Belle and Beauty and the Beast, which is my way, sort of half reclining with my feet tucked up. The Huckleberry Finn, because our friend likes to read lying on his stomach with his feet up. The Mole, her method, sitting hunched over with the book right in front of her face. And the Cozy Cat, curled up in a ball in an armchair. Um, I want to join these friends. I want to have a reading, reading, reading party. This is amazing. Um, but Bria, how would mm -hmm. you uh, describe your reading position? based on this, I'm a bit of a cozy cat or a huckleberry fin. <laughs> um, although, if I'm a huckleberry, which is the one where you're lying on your stomach, it usually means I'm about to fall asleep. Like, if I have moved from cozy cat to huckleberry, that's moving from uh, I'm awake, I'm aware, I'm reading, to uh, I am probably going to fall asleep in the next 15 minutes. I have to stay upright or else I will fall asleep while reading. Um, what about you, Mallory? How are, how are you? How are you reading? Uh, mine's definitely the grab bag. I move around a lot, especially if I'm marathon reading. Like I, uh, sure. I, uh, I, I drive Jeremy nuts. Cause I have, I want to, I'm like a tosser and turner. And, and when I sleep, I have to move around a lot. I'm just a fidgety person. Um, but I will say I do have some staples that are in the reading, reading position rotation. I, I guess I would call it the lean, uh, where I'm leaning against the couch sort of sideways, but reclining. Um, there's the classic mm -hmm. where I'm just leaning against the back of the couch with my feet up, legs bent. Um, the crisscross where I'm sitting with my legs crisscross and my torso leaning back. Um, mm -hmm. although I, I, I do like the cozy cat. I, if I'm sitting in my, if I'm not on the couch, if I'm in my armchair, um, I will, I will cozy cat it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Flip side. Are there any positions that you hate? You will not read. You're like, no, too not comfortable. will not, will not read in this position. I was on the beach the other day and there was not a cloud in the sky. And I was on my back, and I was trying to hold my book up in the air to block the very, very bright sun while reading. And it was so uncomfortable, but I had no choice because I wanted to be on my back. And I was like, I just really hate this. And eventually just gave up and turned over and was like, I just am going to lay on my stomach, I guess, this whole time because I can't lay on my back with, like, the book in the air trying to, like, hold it to block the sun. It was just super uncomfortable. I feel like we have something on the... Are on our wish list that like is like it looks like a giant spider stand thing that will hold and you can lay underneath it. I think it's meant for beds, but yeah, you like put your ebook in there do. and it holds it above your face. We, we have an arm thingy, but there was nothing to attach it to. I was in the sand, like you know. Oh, so enough. it's like you need something that like yeah you could attach to. But I could see how that would be very helpful for something like this. Uh, what do I use? Are there any positions you do not like reading in? I don't like lying down um, unless I'm in like in our hammock and I'm still sort of propped up. Like I need to be propped up when I'm reading because if I start lying down, I get sleepy. Um, 
And then I'm like, mm, maybe time, maybe time to take a nap. Uh, and I don't like reading mm-hmm. on my stomach because it hurts my neck after a while. I just, I'm not a, I'm not a prone reader, I guess we'd call it. Um, I need to be propped up in some way um, mm-hmm. or I get sore or sleepy or both. Um, but that bring, brings the question, is there a superior reading position? Is, is there like right, an a, objectively best reading position or an objectively bad one? Well, I was going to make fun of this question, but instead I did some <laughs> research. And uh, the research, research does say yes. It says yes, there is a superior reading position. Basically, you should not be hunched over because for every inch your head, like, you know, when you're like your head is leaning down. I'm doing it now. I'm putting my mouth close to the microphone. Uh, but... <laughs> For every inch your head is leaning over, you're adding like 10 pounds of weight to your neck, which we know is bad. It's bad for your neck, bad for your back. So the best way to read is feet flat on the floor, back straight, and then book at eye level. Like your book, holding that book up. Um, A pillow on your lap can help get that book closer to your face. You need to get it closer to your face so you're not bringing your face to the book. Bring the book to your face. Um... And basically supporting your back, that's key. Like putting a pillow back there if you need it, um, however you need to do it. But that is the proper way to read, which sounds so boring to me. I have never once sat with my feet flat on the floor. I was going to say, I cannot see. I'm not even sitting with my feet flat on the floor right now. I'm in a total chair. Okay. I'm, I'm always like one leg is crossed. When Even when I when I write, I don't have two feet on the floor. I know you're supposed mm-hmm. to, but I have to have my legs up. That's why it's really hard for me when I'm on planes because I want to be like sitting crisscross, but I can't because, you know, you're in the... Uh, space the size of a you know Vienna sausage can um (laughs) I cannot sit with my feet down yeah yeah you know it's it always makes me uncomfortable too that is what research tells us is the best way for back support neck support uh especially if you're gonna be reading for a long time do you have a superior way do you agree with the research um I mean I really I think it could be it's gonna be more lax than that in in practice I think as long as you aren't hurting your back or your neck or you're cutting off circulation like if you're if you have a reading position that you use all the time and constantly your your um ankles or your feet or your arms or something are falling asleep you probably want to reassess and go back to the lab and find a new reading position to test out um go back to the reading lab where they teach you how to read comfortably (laughs) i think we actually did an episode like this a while ago about um like from a health perspective what's the best reading position um really Mm -hmm. the dream i think would be some sort of sci-fi device like levitating yes. platform that makes the book float in front of your face. Um, cause I, I mean, I am very interested in those book stands that hold the book up over your head. Um, but I, my problem is I move around too much and, um, I don't, cause a lot of those stands are like very big and they're kind of clunky and I would have to constantly readjust it. And that is not interesting to me. Uh, a reading mm-hmm. move that I stole from my boyfriend, Jeremy is, um, and now I can kind of do on my own cause, um, we have the book pillow that I love so much. Um, but Jeremy always puts a blanket or a big pillow on his lap when he reads and props the book up on it so that he's not the angle that he's looking down at the book at is not so severe. It's like, hmm. I mean, ultimately oh, the dream would be to have the book perfectly uh, at eye level, but that's hard to do. Uh, that'd be a big pile of pillows. They don't make a book pillow that's big enough. Uh, like book bow has a has something called a book bean, but none of them are big enough. You're still going to be looking down. So as long as you're making sure that you're sitting up kind yeah. of straight, you're not hunching too much. Um, if, if, if people know of any other book tech 
that does this, I would be very interested. So I found the one that goes over your head. It is, it looks wild. Yeah, like, that's it what I mean. It is a very weird contraption, but I put it on our Amazon wish list. It's always also not cheap. Yeah, because it's pretty big, but right? I'm putting, I'm putting a couple of them. There's a couple different ones, and I'm putting them on our Amazon wish list so you can, they're book stand, tablet support for supine reading. Supine reading. Yeah, I don't know if I would, I mean, I, I've never, I, I do like a supine read on the beach, but like you said, yeah. you can only get about a chapter in before your arms get tired. Yeah, well, this would uh, this would make it so you didn't have to worry about it, but you would need to turn the pages. I don't know. This that is, is this another is problem with a lot of these things that hold your book up for you because once you get your book secure, like it's holding the pages down and then you're like, cool, this is good for 30 seconds mm-hmm. and then I have to turn the page and you have to adjust it. That's why I feel like somewhere in the future, I'm sure there's a Jetsons episode that has something like this where your book just magically floats right in front of your face yes, without holding the pages down. If anyone knows of anything um, If anyone's from like the future that, and you're listening to this <laughs> in the past... Send it to us back in time. <laughs> Please. We would love to know if there, I would love for a, some sort of space, spaceship contraption to appear in my yard. Some glasser from the future is like, hey, look, the, they designed the book floater in 2030. <laughs> We're bringing one to you now. <laughs> do, you, do you prop your book up at all when you read? Mm-mm. I put it on my pillow that I'm reading on or it's on my legs. Like, you know, because I often yeah. have my legs crisscrossed or like underneath me or something, but. Yeah, sometimes I put it on a pillow, but no, not nothing, nothing too fancy. Yeah, so I think um, really the only the superior reading position is one that doesn't hurt mm. or cause you bodily harm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we would love to know what all of your reading positions are. We need to coin some more. We've got what? So you said that you're the Huckleberry Finn, and I'm a cozy cat. Yeah. Some, well, I'm I'm Huckleberry Finn ones. if I'm going to bed, but uh, but otherwise I'm a cozy I'm a cozy cat. Yeah. We need to come up with some more names for these. But we'd love to know what your reading positions are, what you think are the best ones or the worst ones. Or if you, maybe if you are from the future or you have some sort of device that solves these problems, we'd love to hear about them and test them out. You can send your thoughts to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we solve a bookish problem, we're going to take a quick break. Mallory, what are you drinking right now? I am drinking a delicious decaf coffee. And you know who sent it to me? Who? Trade Coffee, who is sponsoring this episode in part today. Amazing. But Bria, what what is Trade Coffee besides this delicious thing in my mug? They are an amazing coffee company that will deliver coffee right to your door, which is something Mallory really enjoys. They have expert taste testers, and they partner with the best craft roasters in the entire country, and they keep up to 450 kinds live and ready to ship kinds of coffee, obviously, ready to ship every day. Uh, There's no one perfect coffee, but there is the right one for you, and Trade's human-powered algorithm will help you find it. Y'all know we love a quiz. We love a quiz. You can go take that quiz, figure out what kind of coffee is right for you, and Trade is going to figure it out, and they're going to send it right to your door. I took the quiz, uh, which I I was really excited about Trade. I live on top of a mountain, so it is very difficult for me to get any kind of good coffee up here, let alone decaf, which is what I normally drink. Um, Normally when you go to a store and you're like, ooh, I'm going to look for the decaf, there's like five million regular brands of coffee, and then like there's one decaf that has like a spider living on it because it hasn't been touched in 40 Mm -hmm. years. And imagine that up on a mountain. It's, it's, it's really <laughs> tough. Uh, so I took the quiz. I want decaf. I wanted whole bean. And you get to um, pick some different types of flavor profiles that you like. And boom, they sent me three bags of decaf coffee. I love them. And the thing that I like the best is that after you get a bag of coffee, you get to rate it. So they in the when they can continue to match you with coffees, they try to 
match you with flavor profiles that are closer to the ones that you love. Mm. So the more you use it, the better coffee that you get. And you can adjust how often you get it. I get a bag sent to me every week because I drink an entire pot of coffee every day because I love coffee. And it's it's absolutely fantastic. It's really improved my life. Um, but previously, you know, everyone hates that moment when you realize, oh my God, I've ran out of coffee what do I do? I, you, no one wants to run to the store first thing in the morning. This just delivers to your door whenever you want. When you want once a month, you want once a week, they have got you covered. And right now they are offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash glasses. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Like Bria said, everyone loves a quiz. You know you kind of want to take this quiz. It's so much fun. <laughs> everyone loves, loves answering questions about themselves. So you can get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com trade.com slash glasses and let trade find you a coffee that you'll love that's drinktrade.com slash glasses for $30 off drinktrade.com slash glasses glasses hi it's me dave hill from before here to tell you about my brand new show on maximum fun the dave hill good time hour which combines my old maximum fun show dave hill's podcasting incident with my old radio show the damn Dave Hill show into one new futuristic program from the future. If you like delightful conversation with incredible guests, technical difficulties, and actual phone calls from real-life listeners, you've just hit a street called easy. I'm also joined by my incredible co-host, the boy criminal Chris Gersbeck. Say hi, Chris. Hey, Dave. It's really great That's to... That's enough, Chris. And New Jersey chicken rancher, Des. Say hi, Des. Hey, Dave. The Dave Hill Good Time Hour. Brand new episodes every Friday on Maximum Fun. Plus, the show's not even an hour. It's 90 minutes. Take that, stupid rules. We nailed it. Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Ralphie writes in, Hi, Bria and Mallory. I'm getting ready to move across the country and into what I assume will be a smaller apartment than I currently live in. I'm wondering the best way to transport all my books. I tend to buy a lot of books, but I've been trying to slow down and go all digital until my move. Is it as simple as just putting them in boxes? Do you recommend paring down your library before the move? Big fan of the show. Thank you for helping me actually read the books that I buy. <laughs> Bria, what should Ralphie do? We have covered this, but it is a hot topic. It is a sizzling hot topic. It's a topic. hot topic. We get yes. emails about this all the time. Um, so Mallory will talk to you about actually packing. I'll say this bit of advice. You got to get rid of those books now before you pack. Like, not after you pack. But get rid of them <laughs> before you pack them. Um, every book you pack should be one you want in this new small apartment. Like, you have to ask yourself, are you going to reread it? Is it on your shelf because it says who you are? Is it just one that you really love and you want to keep in your collection? Like, really think about those books before you pack them because the rest of them, just think of those as your old city books. That's a different city. You live, you moved out of that city. Leave those books behind, you know? Those are not mm -hmm. new small apartment books. And you want to make room <laughs> for more books in the new small apartment that you I will love be that that's to. really the ultimate goal is you need to make room so you can get more books. Well, yeah, because you're growing <laughs> as a person. You're moving. That's always like a big thing, a big thing that's happening. Uh, and I think that you just, yes, do not pack these books and then get have them, move them across the country and go, ugh, I don't even like this book. Like that is a horrible the, that's feeling. That's the worst feeling yes. is when you unpack your books and you're like, why did I lug this? I didn't know, didn't even like this or I don't even want this book. Exactly, exactly. And But Mallory, what about the actual physical packing? So I've summed up a short list of all the hottest 
book packing <laughs> tips we've got from both us and from people who've written in over the past five years of doing the show. First off, pack small boxes. Second off, do a purge ahead of time if you can, like Bria said. Three, hot book tip from a, from a glasser who wrote in. If you have roller bags, pack those with books mm, so you can roll. easily move them around. And then the last one is pack book boxes with other light items. A glasser wrote in to say that she packs all the books with her yarn because she's a knitter, yeah. which is super smart. But the biggest tip, the hottest tip, the most important thing, small boxes. Make those small boxes, boxes smaller than you think they are because it is always when you're when you're moving and you realize you have to buy five million fucking cardboard boxes and you're going to the grocery store asking for cardboard boxes and it's like cardboard boxes are like the hottest ticket item when you're moving you, mm-hmm. you never have enough of them there's the urge to put books in whatever box you have a medium-sized box i once tried to put books in a large box from mm. u-haul I, I literally picked it was like a cartoon i literally picked it up in the bottom fell out of it yeah that's and all the books scattered across the floor especially if you were oh my god if you were a comic book fan just don't don't move yeah comics are the worst because they're so dense they're so heavy and you can basically only pack like five comics at a time yeah and the Um, thing and and but mallory's right like you just make sure like all your linens, all your like, um, all all those mm-hmm. pillows you're gonna pack. Like they take up a lot of space, but they're very light. Pillow is a great one. Find find the pair of those with your books. You know the things that I mean. Look, does that mean things will not be all in the same boxes with each other? Yes, it is going to be complicated, but it will make your life not a living hell. I will say my favorite type of box as someone who has moved like nine times in the past seven years I have moved almost every I've moved every single year if not more since I was like a teenager I've the house that we're in now is the longest I've ever moved since I've longest I've lived in since I was 16 my favorite favorite boxes to move books are small banker boxes I don't know what that is it's the one that you don't tape them you fold them together and they have a little lid instead of taping them closed got it and they have uh you can buy packs of them on the internet um I think they you can probably get them at also packs of them at um, Home Depot, U-Haul, Office Supply, Office Depot, all the deep all the various depots in your life. You can get them there. Um, get the small ones. They're great because you don't need any tape. Mm-hmm. They just fold together and they have a little lid. They're small. They have uh, lines on them for labeling them mm-hmm. and uh, they have handles. Yeah, that's So cheap. they're really easy to move. They're easy to pack. They're easy to move. They're easy to label. They're, um, Jeremy and I have now moved together three times and they are our staple. I will not move books without them because then you don't have to worry about like taping them closed enough that like the books won't fall through the bottom. Small banker boxes. I'm telling you. Also another tip, I always label, I don't just put book. I always like box of books. I always label what kind of book. If you have enough books, seems like if Ralphie's buying as many books as I think Ralphie is, you should also do this is label what genre they are. Mm. Interesting. So it's really, really helpful when you're unpacking. And especially if you are like when we moved up here, we have like our middle grade and YA are in the living room. Our all our horror books are in the entryway. And then all the rest are split between our offices. And it was so helpful to be able to just look at the box and be like, oh, this is a box of Mallory books. And this goes here. Like it really will save you a lot of time when you're unpacking. You won't have to like do a, a Tetris thing of trying to figure out where every box is and and it just it's it just it'll pat future you will 
give past you a little smooch Mm -hmm. because you'll be so grateful that you did this. So here's the sum total of our knowledge so far. If you have more hot moving tips uh, for Ralphie or just for the show in general, please let us know. Uh, And if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Time to answer a recommendation request. Megan writes in, I'm having surgery next month and will be off work recovering for about two months. Megan, we send you uh, good health and uh, speedy recovery. Uh, Megan says, most of that time will be resting and doing physical therapy. Could you please provide some book recommendations for what I'm thinking of as my bookcation? That's a true reader right there mm. who's like, I'm getting, I'm getting surgery. My surgery recovery is not known as surgery recovery. It's known as a bookcation. Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, Megan says, I'm specifically looking for light escapist stories to distract me from the physical discomfort I'll be experiencing. I'm an omnivore. I have an e-reader. I listen to audiobooks and read paper books too. I love audiobooks that are voiced by multiple narrators. My wheelhouse includes stories from multiple perspectives or that have an uh, a chronological timeline, quirky narrators, scary monsters who may or may not be actually scary, psychological thrillers, serial killers, summer camps, puzzle books. Books that reveal what's going on slowly, like Piranesi by Susanna Clark. Thank you for talking about books every week. This show has helped me feel more confident about discussing books with others and allowed me to expand my bookish community. Signed, Megan, daughter of a Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's really um, funny. Bria, what should this daughter of a Sarah read? I'm going uh, Cloud Cuckoo Land on audio because I think, have I recommended this recently? Actually, I can't remember. I think yes. I did. You were, you were um, talking about that you were reading it. Okay. It's got multiple storylines, multiple narrators. There's a whole lot to figure out. I, I could not call it like a straight up puzzle book, but you are trying to figure out like what these multiple storylines have to do with each other because, you know, like one takes place super far in the future and you're like, but who is this person related to the people who are in this timeline or current day timeline? So that's really interesting. It's also very escapist. So that should fit that for you. But I do worry that it's not light enough. I think it's very funny that Megan is like, I want something light, but I also, I love serial killers. I was going to say the same thing. I struggle with this because I was like, okay, light escapist read with serial killers, scary monsters, psychological thrillers. Yeah, yeah nothing but too heavy, but give fine. me a psychological thriller. Because this does have some violence in it. Um, check those trigger warnings because there is um, a sh- some gun violence, um, some abuse, like some, and also like some uh, disease stuff. So uh, check that. If it's feeling too heavy, just do Camp by Elsie Rosen. This That, that was going to be my backup. We love Anytime this one. anyone says they like say, a summer camp book. I feel like Mallory and I can both like recommend this. It's cute, queer summer camp book. You can't go wrong. Uh, I didn't listen to it, but I think it's a great We might have to read. retire this one. It's get, it's getting there, but it is such a good one. And it oh, it so is good. light. It's very light, Um, which I think, and it's fun and uh, I think, look, if you're like, all this stuff is feeling too heavy, just go go to camp. Mallory and I can both sign off on that. Um, what else do you mm-hmm. have besides camp? So, again, I struggle with this because there's light. not a lot of light escapist <laughs> stuff in this wheelhouse besides the summer camp thing, but I also was going to recommend camp. My recommendation for this, I just ultimately landed on a book that I talked about a while ago on the show, um, and but she, this author has a new Arthurian retelling out, uh, mm-hmm. But I love an older book of hers. Um, it's N- Nicola Griffith, and it's her book, So Lucky. So she's known. She did Hild. She did Spear. She, so she does a lot of, like, cool 
um, medieval um, retellings, but this book is a mod- totally different from all our other books. It's a modern psychological thriller, so it hits on scary things that might not actually be scary, psychological thriller, and it's a puzzle book. So again, if you look her up and you're like, oh, this book is going to be like a medi- medieval fantasy. No, this is a modern psychological <laughs> thriller. It's very surreal, and the, one of the reasons I'm recommending it is that it's very short, it's almost a novella. Uh, it's about this woman, and she has this amazing life. She has an amazing job. I mean, uh, she, uh, she runs. Um, she's a CEO at an AIDS um, AIDS foundation. She has this amazing wife. She's a black belt in martial arts. She does all this cool stuff, and then everything goes in the toilet. Her wife leaves her. She loses her job. Um, and then she gets diagnosed with MS. Um, so she's sort of reeling from all of these changes and trying to deal with all this shit that's going on in her life. She discovers that there's something after her and it is might be deadly. She is not sure totally if it's real or not. Um, it's just, it's a wicked quick, easy read. It's super compelling. It's very intense. Um, check the trigger warnings. There is some medical stuff in here. Um, um, but it's so intense and such a great quick read that I think it'll be really fun and good for me. It would, I I would totally want to read this if I was like in recovery and in a bed, you know? Hey, um, Perfect for a recovery book. Um, so my recommendation is So Lucky by Nicola Griffith. And uh, mine is Cloud Cuckoo Land on audio by Anthony Dorr. If you want to send us your recommendation request, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, there's so much cool stuff over at our Void Merch store. We adore working with Jordan. Their designs are absolutely incredible. Totes and shirts and stickers and pillows and journals that say reading glasses or say book slut or say um ask me what i'm reading so much cool stuff over there there's a link in the show notes and that buying that stuff folks directly supports us so you are helping us feed our cats um uh bria's ancient creatures that live in her home um it's really really great for us we really appreciate it and you can support us for free by rating and reviewing us uh with a five-star review and a nice uh, five-star rating or a nice review over at the podcast listening app of your choice apple Podcasts, whatever it is um it's great for us it helps us reach more listeners uh we really really appreciate that uh you can email us at reading glasses podcast at gmail.com find us on twitter at reading g podcast on instagram at reading glasses podcast thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for reading, reading.